This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Now, Carrie Kerpin. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of All the Social Ladies. I'm CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin, and today I had a really cool opportunity. I got to talk to Brie Noble. Brie Noble is an entrepreneur, a musician, and a speaker. She founded both Women of Substance Radio and the podcast to promote quality female artists in all genres. It's a really, really incredible program. And, and in talking to Brie, I learned so much. And then not only did she do that, she then launched a second podcast about how to empower women artists to really act as entrepreneurs and help build their business and, and grow their music following. I found Brie to be really, really fascinating, particularly uh, in how she approaches social media for these artists and how to help empower them to actually sell music. Uh, she talks a lot about some of the social apps that they use and a lot of great handy stuff. And hopefully you guys find it as useful as I did. Here's Brie. I'm so excited to have you here, and particularly, I'm excited to chat podcaster to podcaster. So tell me a little bit about your two podcasts that you work on, and then a little bit about your sort of story. I want to hear both. First, I want to hear about the podcast, then I want to hear about your how you got to where you are today. Okay. Well, I started my first podcast almost exactly a year ago, November 21st, 2014. Um, it is the Women of Substance Music podcast, and I've had the Women of Substance radio by that point, I'd had that for seven years. And so obviously, I had a ton of great music coming in all the time from female independent artists. Yep. And I just wanted another way to get that out to people. So I thought the podcast idea was perfect. Um, you know, I feature only independent artists on the podcast, all female and seven songs a day, five days a week. And I just kind of introduced them. It's kind of that you know, countdown Casey Kasem kind of style where I tell a little little bit about each artist um, just to kind of get people interested in the person behind the song. And just, that's what I always liked, listening to stuff. So um, that podcast, when it came out, it just, it did super, super well. It got, it was like number one on new and noteworthy forever and ever until it wasn't new and noteworthy anymore. But um, it was, it was, I was so excited about how well it did and it's still just doing fantastic after a year. Um, and then I started another podcast in April, which is called The Female Entrepreneur Musician, where I talk to a lot of independent female artists who are out there making music, have a business, making a living with their music, at least full-time or part-time, and you know, just having some real success. Because I deal with a lot of independent female artists that want to do that, and they want to know how to do it. So I thought if I interviewed people that are doing it, they'd have some great insights and they do. And then sometimes I bring on some females in the industry to, to talk about different 
aspects of the industry or tools that they can use. Incredible. So talk to me a little bit about that transition for you and using a podcast as an as sort of an additional way to kind of get the word out around this. Talk to me about what goes into the launch behind that. So you're putting together a podcast and you're hoping people will listen to it, right? You have great content of all of these amazing women artists and, and looking at it. How do you get the word out about a podcast? Well, social media is huge on that. Um, I, with the women of substance one, because I have seven different artists on each show, I do specific tweets that um, I tag each artist in there. So I want to make sure to highlight each one and not just the show, but I also highlight the show. And, you know, I use SoundCloud and Facebook and um, one great app for doing this that not a lot of people know about is Clamor. And it's perfect for podcasters and especially for music, I think, because it's a little 18-second bit of what people can expect to hear and then they can just click on it to hear the rest. Wow. And so I love using That's Clamor. I, I do seven Clamors a day, so make sure to have each artist highlighted on Clamor. And then you can have a little Clamor widget on your webpage. So if people want to know kind of a, an idea of what your podcast is like, they can click on that and they'll hear all the little 18 snippets, 18 what? second snippets of that. What a great tip. I love that for podcasters. We do have some podcasters who listen to our program, actually. So that, that's Oh, pretty- good. Yeah, I love Clamor. It's it's awesome. And I've really, especially if you can get on one of their um, highlighted playlists, you can get a lot of people that hear your clamors. And then you can share them out on social media as well. And they can just click the little play button. Phenomenal. And so I love how you started the second podcast that was based on kind of indicating how female entrepreneurs and women are able to have the success that a lot of these independent artists and, and kind of up and comers are learning, learning to do. And so, because in, in essence, artists have to be not just artists, but also entrepreneurs, right? Absolutely. And a lot of musicians don't realize that they just want to make their music. They don't think about, you know, what the next step is and how they're going to be able to keep making their music. They need to know the business side. That's unbelievable. And so when you started that podcast, did you find that you had, was it the same audience or did you find that there was a newer audience that was listening? Is it less about kind of the people who listen to the music and more about the people who create the music? Yes, it is. So it's, it's most of the people that are actually being highlighted on the other podcast that their music is on there. Now I create this podcast to serve them. And help them, you know, make more out of their music career than just being on a podcast and on a radio station. You know, we want to get them out in front of people. We want to get people buying their CDs and, you know, we want to get them, them making money so they can keep making music. And how did you kind of get your start just overall in your career and come to this place? To me, I hear just even in the own, in your own interview, just the passion you have for these, these artists. And so tell me a little bit about how you got to where you are today. Well, I was an independent musician. I'm sure you probably guessed that. Um, of course. I, and so, you know, when I first started out out of college, I really wanted to do music full time, but I had absolutely no clue how to. Yep. And so it was like 10 years of struggling of me working a full time job, doing all these bands on the side, trying to, to find my niche, trying to figure out how I could actually, you know, move into a full time career in music. And it never happened. And once I ended up quitting my full-time job as a director of finance, I actually worked for an opera company, which was fun. Um, Yeah. So I was working in music, but not on stage or anything. And I quit because of the stress and because I had a baby and all that. And 
um, once I quit, you know, I had more time at home to try to focus on actually doing the music career thing. And it took a little while, but I finally figured out that I was kind of approaching it all the wrong way. I was trying to, you know, find a record deal or get these industry people to hear me. And, you know, it just wasn't the right way for me. I needed to go out there and just build my career directly with the fans and, you know, go directly to them and communicate directly with them. And, you know, it took me learning from some other female musicians that were already doing it, which is why I started this podcast, because that's how I got my start. I was able to be in a mastermind group with some other female musicians that were doing this and doing it well. And I was able to copy a lot of what they were doing. And that's how I, you know, built my career as an independent artist. And for, you know, about seven years, I did that while raising my kids and I did, you know, book my own tours and all that type of stuff, recorded three CDs. And, you know, the point that I'm at now, I don't really want to tour anymore. Um, I've got two two kids, one in, um, one who's seven and one who's 12 and being gone is just not easy on the family. So, and I, you know, when they were little, I brought them with me, but I can't do that now. That's the thing that nobody tells you. I think the thing that nobody tells you is that, you know, when, the, when your kids are younger, it's almost easier either to bring them with you or to be away or any of these things. It's, they need you most in like that exact age, the school age where you are now is when they really need you. That's, I felt that for myself totally. Absolutely. And, oh. you know, when I still lived in Southern California, I did kind of do little tours or, or just go out because there were so many people for me to perform for down there. But I live now in a town up in the mountains, um, really close to Yosemite. And so wow. <laughs> like it's an hour to the nearest major town. So there's not a lot of easy travel here. And so I just made the choice that what I would rather do is focus on the radio station, grow it into a podcast, and then try to help other musicians so they didn't have to struggle like I did. See, I love that you've built your career around both your passion and your sort of life stages, right? Like you really, right. you really did what you did at the time that you did for very intentional reasons. And I, I love that story. I think that's so great. I think that's so great. So tell me, tell me a little bit. I would imagine that when you're talking about how independent female musicians can get the word out and ultimately sell their music, I would imagine that social media plays a huge part uh, in what they do to impact their kind of awareness, growth, and sales. Uh, talk to me a little bit about that usage and any particular uh, instances in which you, you found that particularly impactful for any of the artists whom you've interviewed. Well, definitely. I mean, I, I have a whole, so I have a female musician academy where I help musicians directly, and I have a whole section, as you could imagine, on, um, you know, promoting yourself on social media and then engaging on social media. And it's, it's really, it's a necessary step nowadays in how to do it. And there's so many cool ways that you can do it nowadays. And one of the coolest ways that I'm going to start teaching on soon is Periscope. Because Periscope is just like ready made for musicians. I mean, you can just do an impromptu jam. You can, um, you know, Periscope from the studio, you can Periscope, in the green room before the show. I mean, you can do some really cool behind the scenes things that really connects directly with your fans and makes them feel like they're there with you, even if you're in Europe and they're in the U S. 
That's amazing. You know, I, just I love think every story. musician needs to be on Periscope. Wow, really cool. <laughs> I love to hear that. I love that bold statement, Bray, for sure. They all need to be <laughs> but not Meerkat, huh? Did you originally, when Meerkat first came out, did you originally think that was going to be the big thing and then Periscope came in, or did you know? I wasn't sure. Um, yep. Meerkat could do the same thing too, and I saw some podcasters using it. Yep. But I, because Periscope is connected with Twitter, and a lot of musicians, you know, if they're doing their job right, they have a, a good-sized Twitter following. I think it's easier to get people onto Periscope. That's awesome. And so tell me a little bit about the music industry as a whole. So do you think that the way that the music industry has, has changed and evolved helps independent artists or hurts independent artists? I think it absolutely helps them. Right? Um, me too. <laughs> just it, my limited knowledge. I mean, that's why. I yeah. Asked. I mean, there's not that huge barrier anymore um, between you and the fans. You know, there's not the distribution problem that before, even when I was doing my thing um, before Facebook was big and all that stuff. And before, you know, just when iTunes came out and everything, it, there was still this feeling that you had to have distribution for your CDs. You had to have a record label. You had to have a booking agent. And I just don't think that's true anymore. I mean, nowadays you can go out and you can book your own, like own house concerts just through social media or, you know, your email list that you've grown. You don't have to have this, this big conglomerate behind you. Yeah. I think what it does, it just really levels the playing field for these artists. It's really incredible. It does. And I mean, the one, the only bad side is there are just so many, <laughs> you know, yes, there's, there's just so many artists out there and you have to, you have to figure out how to reach your audience. And every artist has their perfect audience. It's just figuring out who those people are and getting to them. Well, I was actually going to ask you this because I thought it was so interesting. How do you find which artists you want to interview and kind of cut through that clutter? Uh, there's just so many out there. How do you find the ones that resonate? Well, I'm lucky because I'm constantly introduced to great female artists through the radio station. So people submit their music to me and obviously certain things stand out. And some of these people that I've interviewed, I've had a relationship with for seven years. You know, I've wow. seen them through three albums and I've, I've watched their career grow and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to have them on. You know, I've seen, I remember the first music I heard by them and I hear what they are putting out now. And it's like, I've seen their growth. Wow. And so I know that they're, they're, you know, they're, they're going to be successful. I know that they already are successful because of the growth that I've seen. So I'm lucky in that way, but there are, I mean, I am amazed at every day I'm getting new music from new people that I've never heard of before. And the, and so much of it is good. I mean, there's wow. some that's not good, you know, yeah, but, there's but so I'd much say good stuff out there. You're right. two thirds of what I get at least two thirds, maybe three fourths. I can air at least one song of theirs because they've got something that's good enough. And, and how much free do you think in terms of looking at social media and the content that is put out by artists, how much of it do you think is just organic success? Like something, you know, it's, it's more discovery from, from listeners or how much is, can, can be manipulated, controlled, pushed by an artist? Like how much control does an artist have over their own success? Um, I think, I do think they have a lot of control. I mean, it depends on what they're willing to invest. I mean, yeah. I always tell artists, you have to think of yourself like a business. Every business yeah. has a marketing budget. 
You yeah. know, you, you got to put money aside for that. I mean, organic reach is not easy anymore. It's just not. Yeah. And I would imagine but you can get your message to, if you can find the people that you want to get your message to, and you know how to target them, you can get your message to them and probably not that expensively. If you do something like a boost post Yep. or, you know, if you use, you use the, the kind of Twitter ads that would work well for you, depending on what kind of artist you are, you can, you can reach those people. And so it's I think really just about doing, them investing in themselves. Yeah. Right? I really, and it's yeah. investing time too. It's not just money. I mean, it yeah. takes time to like, and, and planning to say, okay, we're going to do a Periscope today while we're on tour, you know, Absolutely. but every Periscope you do, you reach new people Absolutely. and you make more of a strong connection with them. I mean, I, I talked to an artist on the podcast and I was surprised to find out that she just started using Periscope and she got, she just did a Periscope randomly. Some guy came on that she never knew before and he gave like a hundred dollars to her crowdfunding campaign just because he saw her and connected with her on Periscope. Wow. So it's really, it's, it's putting yourself out there and giving, giving um, the potential audience an opportunity to see your work, engage with you and, and just investing the time and in some cases money as well. Right. Awesome. Awesome. So Brie, where do people listen to your podcast? Where do they, where should they go and what should they do to connect with you? Okay. Well, if they want to listen to the women of substance podcast, um, they can find it on iTunes or they can go to WOSpodcast.com. It's also on SoundCloud and, um, all kinds of other places, but, um, anywhere that podcasts are found usually. And if they want to see everything that we're doing at Women of Substance, including the radio station that we have um, branded apps for on iPhone and, and everything, it's wosradio.com. So go there. If you're an independent artist, female artist, you're looking for some exposure, it's a great place. And then if you're an independent artist and you want to learn uh, you know, how to make your career into a business and you know, actually have a career in music, you can go to femusician.com. That's for female entrepreneur musician.com. And that's where you can find all the podcasts. We've had like 32 interviews so far. So there's a lot wow. to listen to. Wow. Bree, that's awesome. And I'm really, I'm really excited to see what you do. And I think that uh, it's really exciting for both um, women who uh, are artists and women who love music and everybody in general. It's pretty great. Yeah, keep in mind, you don't have to be a woman to listen to women right. of substance. We have a lot of male listeners. Exactly. Same with all the social ladies. It's very right. true. It really it, it goes across all, uh, all genders. Love it. All right. Thanks, Bree, so much. You're welcome. Thank you. You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerfin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com. This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com.